Let me pray before I get started. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege of being here. Thank you for the negative report on COVID. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Thank you for protecting this body. Father, we take so much for granted. I just pray that, Father, as you're leading us in directions, these new frontiers and things in our way that we're doing things, Father, in every way, Father, that your spirit could be glorified. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I have kind of an unusual word, but you've heard me teach before about locks. That the Spirit will give me something and it unlocks a scripture to me. Well, I'd read over a particular scripture for years and I thought it meant, um, I thought it meant pro- uh, prosperity. I thought it meant the provision, that type of thing, and it does. But you know how, you, how it is about the scripture? It can have dual meanings and, and it can change over time. Uh, what you read when you were a baby and then you go back and you, and it opens up again to a new enlightenment that you have. Well, that's kind of what this did, but it happened kind of strangely. I was listening to a, a person preach and, and, uh, their terms that they were speaking in or the tense they were speaking in or whatever, third person or whatever, uh, <clears throat> the person they were speaking is, is y'all or you or they. And I, I kept feeling something when I when they would say that, and and I looked and and watched and listened, and and it just kept bothering me. When I realized they were great scriptures they were using, truth, expounding beautifully, but there was just something not wrong with the person necessarily, but there was something wrong. In uh, delivery somehow, and and I've, I've been asking the Lord about it ever since I've been away, and I feel like I've been away for months because not being around y'all is very very deadly to me. I need the interaction. Thank goodness for Zoom. I'm so grateful for that because when I come on, I'm usually the first person <laughs> kind of there, but I'm so excited about getting to be there. And it's, it's, I've invited someone else to join us next week. I'm hoping she will. But, um, it's, it's like, uh, something that's building this, this Zoom thing because you're beginning to pick up personalities and different ways people say things and phrases and, and expectation of good things. You know, as, as I go away from it, I'm blessed. Last night was particularly interesting because I believe it was, uh, <clears throat> Pat prayed about the anointing. That we'd have the anointing on us. And um, I, I got away, but I felt a surge inside of me when I, when I listened to her pray. And I thought, we need to be hearing each other pray for each other. We all need to hear that as we pray. And that's because I felt a surge come up in me. And then when this today, when I was reading uh, 1 Samuel 5 and 6, whoa. The Spirit, through that, was able to show me something, show me my mind and how I thought about holiness. And he showed me that being set apart unto him means exactly that. We're not set apart to the world. 
We're set apart so we can receive anointing, so we can interact in that realm of the Spirit all the time. We're, I've got scriptures tonight to show you about that, but there's this one scripture that um, just got a hold of me. The Lord showed it to me like a like something I'd never seen. I'd seen it. I'd seen the words. I thought I knew what it understood, what I understood, but I didn't. So I want to share it with you. We, when we compete in competitive sports, when we compete, we usually go into the game and we understand the start and we understand there's a finish. We understand there's a goal. And we, we run like crazy to the goal line. Do we not? If we're in a track meet, I mean, our whole purpose is to win. We, we know it starts right here at this point and ends right over there. So we set our end, we set our, our, we gear ourselves up for that length. Well, what the enemy's done through our workforce and through living in this earth, he said, okay, you start here. In your work life, you go here. And right there is your retirement. And you work feverishly for bonuses and set aside money. I mean, how hard do you work to set aside money for some day? I mean, it's the whole focus. And I mean, people work hard. Believers are right in the mix of it, working hard so they can retire. And then we get there and we take a deep breath like, wow. And we come to church and we sit down in our usual place and we begin to grow whiskers spiritually. You know, Paul, none of them ever stopped Growing. But there is a rule in Second Timothy that I'd never seen before. Now this rule has extreme consequences. There's a rule. Let's turn to Second Timothy two. Second Timothy two. Uh, 2-2 says the things that you have heard and from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ now one engaged in warfare in Entangles himself. No one engaged in warfare. We are engaged in warfare, are we not? No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Now, our war is not with the White House. Our war is not with politics. We have a war that is absolutely raging, raging. And that's our war that we're supposed to be focused into. It's raging out there. He says, uh, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him 
who enlisted him as a soldier. So if we're engaged over here in this warfare and we're watching Fox News, I don't care if it is Fox, even though they, there are some Christians on there. Fox News or the media, we're getting, we're getting the wrong slant on what warfare we're supposed to be in. So be careful, even when you're praying about all that's going on in the streets, pray for the authorities. Pray for the authorities over there. Pray for those mayors. Pray for those governors. We can pray for all those who are here in authority because that would cause us to live in peace. Will it not? Isn't that what the word says? That's where we're supposed to engage. That's our warfare. The enemy's always done this to everybody. Can you imagine Rome? Where they could just pull Christians into this big arena and they could let lions loose on them? Yay! Everybody would say yay. Well, that's not very far from us. We might be pulled in the streets soon. We've got to have our eyes on the right war. In these last days, this is the last days. If it's ever been, it's now. We're engaged in, in the last days. Prophecy is being fulfilled. I'm standing here in this pulpit and I'm thinking, you told me this? Because <laughs> I didn't understand the game. I understood part of the game. I was thinking the other night, we were at small group. I told Bill I was going to say this. But there was Marilyn, there was Bill, and there was me. The three of us between us have 225 years of experience. That ought to impress somebody. Can you imagine if we added Shirley and we added you two? Oh, we've got a library, a wealth of of Christian walking. I've been saved over 60 years We need to use these saints as a library and a resource to us. And we need to deserve that title as a resource. We are not retiring. I'm not retired after reading this. Okay. Verse 5. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Now, somebody may tell you, you can keep, you can go right next to this line of the world and still be safe. Somebody got told that by somebody you don't want to listen to. Because being separated unto God means being separated unto God. And he tells you not to become entangled in the world's affairs. A little bit of drinking... A little bit of sin, a little bit of contamination contaminates the whole. We, I mean, it's a truth. You can't put a little bit of salt into water and it not have some salt in it. Just saying. Turn the page if you got a, if you got a new King James, because here's the rule. The here is the rule. It's, it's something. Now, listen up, folks. I told my friend Georgia about this scripture, what I thought God was telling me. Now, Georgia is a student of all students. Georgia goes to studying this out. 
She calls me back in two days and she says, you've got to go to Blue Letter Bible. I went to Blue Letter Bible and she began to cross-reference everywhere she could. And she came up with this. I'll give her full credit. But oh my goodness, what it opened up. It says here, the hard-working farmer, note he didn't get to retire. The hard-working farmer must be first per, to partake, first partaker of the crops. Now, I always thought I'd be at a conference. I'd be at a conference somewhere, and I'd preach, and I would get a check at the end. I thought, well, I'm, that's for my partaking of the crops. It is. But that's not what this means. I thought it was. But when it says must be, have you ever just looked up the word must? That's what I did. That's why I'm talking. Must be. Must be is a phrase, a verbal phrase. And go to John 3, 3. John 3, 3. Y'all know this scripture. Everybody knows this scripture. You see the word most assuredly there? Most assuredly is a verbal phrase as well. Both of these verbal phrases are on the same level of intensity. Must be, most assuredly are the same. Do you think Jesus was just saying that lightly? No, he was not. But these verbal phrases are equal. Georgia called me back and told me that. And I'm thinking, I better take this little verse about the farmer a little more serious. A little more, a little bigger than I was taking it. This crop is the revelation that you go after for the seed to plant. Every farmer must go after revelation in this group. We gotta go and we gotta dig in revelation. It's the revelation. It's a partaker. You become a part, part taker of that, that crop that you're gonna mine out of the, out of the soil. You become revelation knowledge. It's what you gain in the Lord and it has to be worked and you have to become a participant with it in your life and then you become a producer. There is a way, there's a route. How many times have you seen people, and how many times have you sat there and I've sat there, we saw somebody, I mean, they, they would just preach, but the, the pages that they were using were kind of yellowed. You know, they'd been marked all over. Like, like all of us have resources. All of us, Larry, you can go back and man, you've got, a, you know, you've got stacks of stuff from old sermons and old revelation. And we're supposed to dig in some of that, but we're supposed to have hot bread coming out of the oven. All the time. That fresh bread that tastes so good. And when you slather that butter on it, my goodness. How good is fresh bread? It smells up the whole house. When a farmer is getting this revelation, it smells up, doesn't it, Pam? It smells up the whole house. <laughs> we, we've we been cooking some around our house, trying out a fryer. And she'll come and she says, that smells good. Well, I just warmed up something. And I, I'm not using it right, but I, we are, our microwave is out. So <laughs> we're warming up stuff in our air fryer. Anyway, it makes our cooking, it's cooking. Now, I'm teaching Pam every day 
I'm teaching her what we've been studying for years in Sunday school. And I'm hoping to catch her up, you know, that kind of thing. And, and she's liking my drawings and all that kind of stuff. But what, what's happening is she's getting her own revelation. Revelation begets revelation. And we beget, it's the crop. We've got to dig in our minds. We've got to dig the minds of the Holy Spirit. He's got wells and places for us to dig. If we're just sitting here listening to old revelation and we are not, we can sit there and pass off as just, we can be here without fail. We individually must be partakers, must be partakers of that crop. We cannot sit here and not get revelation for ourselves. If you are doing that, stop. Start repenting and go after. God wants to talk to you individually, give you seeds to sow and who he's going to put you with so that this crop is ever. A farmer, he can give away all his seed corn, but he isn't going to have anything to plant next year if he does. I teach a farmer out in Waller. He is very careful with his seed corn. He tests every batch of crop coming in there. And he knows which field it came from. He's got it all set up GPS. He tests everything. He tests every field. that, And he's getting the best crop he can get for to plant next year. He knows what he used, what seeds he used, whether they're good for deer or cattle or people. He knows how to determine that chemical. Through chemistry. And each batch is sampled. Each truckload, big 18-wheeler truckload that comes in. He he farms 6,000 acres. So there's a lot of testing going on. And I understand about corn. I understand about farmers. He's a hard-working man. He doesn't plan to retire. I guess he'll quit working quite so hard. But he ha- he's out there in the field. He rode, Pat, Pat rode with me in the combine last summer. And it was quite a sight watching her go around that field. Now, this combine is 30 feet across in the front. And it goes 12, I don't know how many, it goes 30 feet. I don't know how, how many rows it entails. But this is a one-shop deal where it, the cobs go out the back and the corn goes in a hopper. and the, I mean, it's like orchestrated choreography for massive equipment. When they're in the field. It's beautiful. It's a lovely thing. But we don't have that kind of machinery. We don't have G- We do have GPS. It's God in us. We have GPS through the Holy Spirit. We know and we can tell what kind of crop is going to come out of our field by how much time we spend in prayer. We got some prayer going on in this place. And answers to prayer. Coming, coming big time. And the more we pray, the more answers we get. And the more we pray in tongues, when you pray in tongues and then you study, you get revelation off of what you're studying because he's prepared you. He's prepared you to receive it. I'm spitting up here a little bit. Anyway, God showed me this scripture and we must be first partakers If it isn't working in our lives, we best not let it come out of our mouth yet. The seed's not ready. The revelation's not ready. You're planting something that isn't going to generate, isn't going to come up with a good crop. 
this seed is is appreciated. When I when I saw that today in in Samuel, First Samuel about uh, being set apart and walking in holiness, I just there was there was just an awe that came over me when I realized how protective over the ark the Holy Spirit was. How God protected that ark. He wasn't going to let some no nobody handle it that wasn't supposed to. They were going to get tumors, rats. The rats represented people, I think. But God wasn't going to let that ark rest anywhere but where it belonged. God doesn't want stuff resting in us that does not belong there. We are set apart. He has things for us that cannot be anywhere else. We must walk in holiness in this mindset of separateness, partaking of the crop, digging for the crop that we're going to plant in others. And it's got to be special. We can't just, well, I think my ministry is this. Well, you might be told by the Lord to do it once or twice. But then you need to go back and you need to ask God, reassure me, let me know what my next direction is. Because the callings and giftings of God are irrevocable. I was called to teach and I don't know how in the world or why he would do that. But I'm telling you, I'm not afraid to do it because I know that he gave me this. See, I I didn't get this. He gave me this. He says we are supposed to be living stones. Lively, we're supposed to be living epistles of the Word of God. That Word's supposed to be so rich in our lives that it, it, it's like a headline being read every time we go somewhere. Everybody knows she's different. He's different. Do they say that about you, Bill? You're different. <laughs> but it's but we have an aura. We have a presence about us. Uh, I one time flew to Midland, Texas, late at night. I had a big meeting set up in Midland. Now, I want you to know, Hertz does not rent their cars to people without driver's licenses. I changed purses before I went on my trip. I wanted to look just perfect. I didn't change the right wallet. I got there without my credit card and without my driver's license. Now, they let me on the plane without my driver's license. They let me rent the car without the driver's license. Isn't that amazing? I drove all over. I drove all over that place for two days in a car that I had no identity. And only God could have gotten me through that check center, that center. You know, and I know that that doesn't happen, but it happened. I had a meeting, and God just went before me, and He put put favor in the heart of the person that was working late because he was a college student, and He said, "You look like my mama." I said, "Well, I hope your mama's a nice lady." <laughs> Because I want to tell you my story. And I did. And he, he let me in. Okay, 2 Corinthians 3, 2. Let's go there. 
we're going to find out about this being a lively stone. This is alive. It's a it's epistle. It says, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. We're being read by all men. People, you and Pat go in places. Larry, you and Pat go in and people read you. We are being read by all men, it says. If we've got this revelation working in us and the fruits of the Spirit and we've got the the gifts of the Spirit operating in us when we go in somewhere, we are well equipped for anything that occurs. Don't just assume we're equipped. Being equipped in the Lord is taking time to pray, taking time to set aside time, taking time in the study in the Word of God, taking time, making time. We let everything else take time. If, if it's a dental appointment, if it's a doctor appointment, if it's getting our nails done, it, whatever, we let everything take our time. But if we are not digging Plowing, listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit and what we're seeing and digging in and listening to what he says. We're not going to be this living epistle. It says, clearly you are an epistle of Christ. Clearly. When people looked at these the disciples, they knew they walked with Jesus. They knew they were different. It says, you're read by all men. Clearly, you're an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written on, not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. I want to be written on by the Spirit of God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is of the heart. I want my heart to reflect that I know Jesus. I want it to reflect it to myself. I don't want the accuser of the brethren sitting there. Because I've done something wrong. I don't want the cues of the brethren sitting there on my heart yapping at me. I want, I want that the tablet to say that I have the spirit of the living God on me. Let's start practicing that instead of condemnation. Let's not let the voice of condemnation be in us. And don't be condemned by anything I'm saying. I'm just saying, come on guys, let's get with it. We're not condemned. We just took a hiccup and we just took, we relaxed a little. But we're not cast away. We're not cast down. We just need a, we just, need, this is like vitamin B. Let's take vitamin B complex, a vitamin Bible complex, take it and begin to walk in the word that we've got. Did I say that wrong? Vitamin, Bible, Bible vitamins. Let's take those things that cause us to jump start. That's what, that's what B12 did for me. I feel like I've gotten a jump start. Our walk must reflect the very revelations we preach to others or we shouldn't preach at all. The farmer must be the first partaker. And remember the level of that verb. Remember that. Because it's equivalent to most assuredly. It has to be there. It has to be there. It's the same level of intensity. It's emphatic. When... Uh, we can't even... We cannot even... Uh, begin to uh, take in, we can take a little sip of something. You know, like, I can't do too much tea after five. I can't do tea after five, especially 
you know, even decaffeinated, because that causes me not to sleep. So I've learned that. We've learned some things that we should not be partaking of. Simple things, just everyday kind of things. But then there are those other things we better stay miles away from. I was taking my medication wrong. Y'all know about that. Well, I've been taking it right for some time. Now I'm sleeping seven and a half, eight hours a night. Now my sleep has totally changed. Because of the way I feel, I feel like my blood that has been so dangerous to me, I feel like it's changed back to where it was supposed to be. And I'm going to say, let's do another test because I feel so good. I'm being healed by the by the Spirit of the Lord and because I'm praying more in tongues, a lot of things are being said and I'm partaking. Most, most days I partake of communion. Most days I'm doing those things that set me apart so that I can be set apart and stay set apart and not drift back in. We just sort of slide back into old habits. Slide back into a comfort zone that we enjoyed in the flesh. Well, we need to tell our flesh what to do. Paul said, uh, Paul said that he was, he could be in danger of being disqualified. Paul wrote that. To be a participant in the thing I'm talking about, our walk with the Lord is not a spectator sport. It's not to sit there and watch it go by and us like a big, you know, stadium and we watch the game down there. And because we occasionally are in a spotlight, they, they beam down. We think we're part of the game. Occasionally we see the light. We know, we know that, that how the tackle works. We know how the, the, we know how the, the linebacker works. We know we can call plays almost. I was raised in a sports family. And I, my brother was very good at, at football. So I know the basics of how plays are done. And, you know, you get off this and you make the wing back here and the whatever there and all that kind of saying thing. And I've been married to guys that understood it greatly. But it says it says the word partake means participant too. It means to participate in it. That means you you force your flesh to receive that word. And you make your flesh take it in. You make your flesh take it in. Paul said, I buffet my body daily. I buffet my body daily. I'm looking for that scripture. I want to find that one, Lord. Anyway, we will find it. But we know that Paul did not quit. Paul did not quit his walk. And we know that Jesus, when the disciples had a chance to pray with Jesus for one hour, they went to sleep. They were not, they were not digging. They were not digging for that. They weren't digging for it. Has anyone found that for me yet? Huh? Okay, 1 Corinthians 9.27. Thank you. But I discipline my body 
and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So there was, an, there was a participation Paul knew he had to have with the word of God, with the revelation. He received a lot of revelation. But he, made, he was participating with it. He'd, he'd buffet his body. He'd get that in him. And then he would write us a letter saying this. I buffeted my body daily. I buffet myself. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And let's look at verse 26, 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. I want a crown. Do y'all want a crown when you get to glory? I want a crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body. In other words, why make the effort if you're not going to participate in the very revelation that you get from the throne? What? Why not? You must be a participant. The first participant of any revelation that you get. That's simple, isn't it? So we, we are going to be participants. And uh, by this uh, participation with the Holy Spirit's leading, we stay aware and watchful of the devil's schemes against us. Because we do not want to drift that way because we have to undo a whole lot. If you start drifting, drifting toward the world, you're going to have to get rid of a lot. So we just stay Walking with the Lord, we stay increasing in the Lord, and we fill up ourselves. Remember the virgins that had the oil in the last days. The others walked; they walked and they wandered around, saying, "Well, give me of your oil." They said, "No," because go and buy it for yourself. That buying, I taught about this one time. The buying is getting it for yourself, making it part of you. Being first partaker of it. We've got to fill up this vessel. Regardless how old we are. Like I said, there's 225 years just in three of us. But it doesn't give me a way out to retire. I, I, I don't know how long it's been since I had a vacation. I don't, even, I don't even remember how long ago it was. It's been a while. But it really doesn't matter. It's fun being around you guys. We not only have to participate, we have to produce something. We've got to partake, participate, and produce. To produce something is to bring into view, offer for inspection, to bear, bring forth, and yield. In our personal lives, we must bring bring to view. It, It comes to view in us what we're studying or not whether we're not studying. If you notice somebody that's kind of declining, an older person, speak to them. Encourage them. Because I'm telling you, the enemy is waging war with this COVID. It listed all the older people as targets. You notice that? 
Well, I got, I was positive for COVID, but I had no symptoms except for five little, five little easy days. God is rescuing us if we will be rescued. He's trying everything to save us if we'll be saved. Salvation is his idea. We could not, without him, we, there's no hope. And then he sends us the Holy Spirit, the power package, to be assured that we'll be saved, to be assured that we'll get our crown, and we play with it. We got people that don't even talk about the Holy Spirit, Spirit-filled churches that don't talk about the Holy Spirit, that never pray in tongues, never sing in tongues, never operate in tongues, never the gifts operate, no words of knowledge, no prophetic ministry, nothing. Big churches and little churches, but the Holy Spirit, and that's who you're banking on to get you there. Holy Spirit was sent as our helper and our guide there. And we are not paying attention to him because we've retired. We've retired. So older people, we're not going to retire around here. We're going to stoke that fire that's deep inside of us. It's got embers still burning. And we're going to stoke those fire. And when you stoke a fire, you put in a very long metal rod and you begin to kick up the embers. And then you get your big log. And then you put a big log on it and it'll, it'll ignite that big log. We want to be igniters of big logs in our community. We want the fire of the Holy Spirit to be so evident in this place that people say, whoa. They see the fire. And we're, we're asking that. We're saying that. But we better stoke us. God won't have any problem getting other people here if we're stoked. But we'll be doing the right things. Because we're being led by the Spirit. Not by our noses to do sin. But by the Spirit. Our renewed heart. Our fired up being that's inside of us. We're not old. We're new creatures. Creatures. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. I was born again a lot, 60 years ago. I'm 15 years younger because I was born 60 years ago. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's crazy math, but it works for me. You know, Jesus told them to watch and pray until he came, until he was finished praying. Lest you enter into temptation. We need to be watching and we need to be praying. The spirit indeed is is willing, but the flesh is weak. I never again want the pastor to beg people to pray. I want us to be hungry to pray. I want us to start knowing the necessity to pray. I want us to begin to start coming to prayer. We need to come to prayer. And when you do, the Spirit is free then to just move among us. He's free to anoint us. And we leave here and our lives are anointed the rest of the day. If you can come, come. If you can come at 6, come. If you can come at 9, come. If you can come on Tuesday evening, come. Don't make the pastor beg us to pray. I don't know how many, probably a thousand times I've heard him talk about praying in the Spirit. Well, the results are going on right now. The reason we're getting headed where we're headed by the Spirit of God is because our pastor prays. I'm not afraid to lead him. 
to, I'm not afraid to follow him. I'm not afraid to let him lead me because I'm, I deserve fruit. Are you fruit watchers? Are you fruit watchers and judgers? You're going to judge some fruit. Have you ever seen a tree that has apples hanging on it and the apples were as sour as lemons? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever heard of Bodark apples? Bodark apples are for horses only. You can't eat them. They don't ever get ripe. Well, some people have fruit like that. It's not for consumption. And so we've got to be wise as serpents, gentle as ducks. As doves, and we've got to be vessels worthy of where we're supposed to be walking. Let's get up and let's start afresh in holiness and understanding. Dig around in Samuel. My goodness. I, I, I thought, man, this is Old Testament. And we were taught somewhere down the line. We were taught Old Testament's done with. And I was sitting there thinking, man, it led me into New Testament commitment. Today, when I heard that, I mean, it's just the way it was being written. I'm thinking, man, you can't, do, you cannot. Jesus learned all this. Paul learned from this. Why do we think we can do without it? Aren't we snobs? We're just snobs. I mean, here we are. We're getting in little packs. You're my tribe. Well, are we calling it a tribe and not a clique? I don't know. But, you know, we are the body of Christ. Individual members of one another. So even though you're separated off in some little clique or something, I can go to the well that you got to go to too. His name is Holy Spirit. We drink of one spirit. We drink from one spirit. So let's be careful about cliques. Let's be careful about joining ourselves just to make ourselves feel extra special. Accepted. We're all accepted in the Beloved. We'd have no need to be liked on Facebook or commented. We don't have any need for that. Don't have any need for that. That's of the world and it is tainted with China. Don't get, put your information out there. Don't, for, don't get your information out there. It goes all over the world and you can't change it. You can't ever take it down. It's there. People put Dang everything in the sun. That is not your church. We're the church. We're living epistles. We're to be connected and we're joints, fellow, we're joint heirs. We are joints that supply to each other. We need to be supplying to each other. It's hard for me to get the same feeling because someone likes me on Facebook. I need eyes and I need Flesh, and I want to see it written, that epistle written in front of me. I want to look at them and know that they're increasing in God. I can't tell from what I see on Facebook. I can't know them. Do you see what I'm saying? Be very careful what you're putting out there and what you're giving out. It's like people preferring animals over children. It's like an inordinate affection. We've got to stop this affection that we have going out on Facebook and expressing affection. Affections for people. Affection is for people. It's not for animals. We like them. That's fine. We can pet them. There's a response in them. They were made for us to enjoy. Yes. But we can't adore them. There's only one adoration we need to be doing. And that's to our Lord. 
I hope I've stirred everybody up. I'm stirred up about this. I'm stirred up. Paul says, not that I have already attained. This is Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the, the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Now, the rule is we must be partakers of the, first partakers of the crop. Let's, let's play the game right. Let's play to win. Let's play to bless the church with revelations, seasoned revelations. We'll call them seasoned revelations because we're older. We can have seasoning on ours that maybe some of the young revelations won't have. But what I'm saying is we have the revelator living in us and we need to get well acquainted. So let's let's stand up and let me pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. That out of the treasure of new things and old, we can draw from your spirit. I thank you, Father, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And that you've made us to sit in heavenly places in him. I thank you, Lord, that enemy doesn't even know what we're about. As long as we're praying in tongues, we're not confessing false wrong things, Lord. Let us pray in tongues with the appreciation that it was intended to have for our lives. Let us pray knowing that it's the very fires of the, of the Holy One that's on us and in us to bring forth revelation and to make a way for us where there is none. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the the wonderful, wonderful task of partaking, participating, and producing in your kingdom. Lord, let us do that with great understanding. And let us walk in holiness, Lord. Help us to walk sheer-footed through the maze that we're in, Lord, in this day and hour, and that you would lead us by the Spirit, Lord, that we would willingly and yield to our, willingly yield to the Holy Spirit and be led by Him, that we might truly be the sons of God. You say in Romans 12 that those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And I thank you, Father, for this group. Thank you for this word in Jesus' name.